Hi, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk About It, a podcast with a purpose. I'm your host, Wally, and this week we are going to talk about domestic violence. This episode will contain trigger warnings and mature content, so listener discretion is advised. Now, throughout this episode, you will likely hear me primarily referring to victims as women or female and she, her, while I refer to the abuser as men or male and he, him. And this is not because I am trying to be exclusive in any way. Domestic violence, spousal abuse, intimate partner violence, whatever you want to call it, can happen to anyone of any race or gender, any sexuality, regardless of the sex or gender of the partner. However, as Gavin D. Becker puts it in his book, The gift of fear, it is disproportionately male that are the abuser and females that are the victim. So this is why you will hear me refer to it in this way often throughout the episode, but let's go ahead and talk about it. Now, I know we all know what intimate partner violence is, and we all know that it exists, but after listening to The Gift of Fear, I really wondered how many people knew just how much it is occurring every day. Like, right now, as I record this episode, right now, as you will listen to it, millions of women and people are experiencing terror and violence at the hand of someone they thought they could love and trust. Every nine seconds, a woman is beaten or assaulted by an intimate partner. That's about seven women in just one minute, which means that by the time you are through listening to this episode, 140 women will have suffered violence. And since three women are killed every day in the United States by a husband or a boyfriend, one of those women was likely killed. And I really don't say this to be glib or dark. I say it in hopes of making you more aware of a very serious reality. It is a real person, a real woman, every single nine seconds. And you may not even realize one of those women could be a friend, a sister, a cousin, because like most forms of abuse, domestic violence is often underreported, which means all of those catchy facts that I just said could be even worse. Many sources stated only about half of all cases are reported. And it's like, it could be even less are going reported because we don't know what we don't know. You know, it's like we go in circles and circles and it's all just so frustrating and heartbreaking. I think we can feel really helpless to domestic violence as well. At least I did while I was sitting here researching for this episode because in a perfect world, prevention is the best solution to everything. But that is just not the reality of most situations and it certainly isn't for violence as well. So it's really easy for me to say, well, just raise your children, right? You're young boys and men, but it just isn't that simple. But maybe the prevention can still come, you know, just a little bit later. Maybe if we can recognize the signs of violence and the red flags of a potential abuser early, we can prevent future violence. We can get out of the situations before they ever happen. This is why I have been recommending The Gift of Fear to literally everybody. It's not a book about domestic violence, but the lessons within and the chapters that are about domestic violence are ones that I think literally every single person should read. In The Gift of Fear, Gavin D. Becker talks about the warning signs of violence and even how to navigate when it's happening. He brings up a really important topic that I think is especially misconceived. We know that there are times when a victim of physical violence and abuse is more at risk, like when they become pregnant or try to leave a relationship. And there's often this one-size-fits-all approach to how a person should try to navigate this really dangerous time. 
And this idea, this, you know, blanket approach is actually really dangerous itself. Because as Gavin D. Becker brings up, it's not always the best course of action for a victim of abuse to get a restraining order. Sometimes it is, but it is extremely important for each case to be considered individually. And it makes me wonder if the police and the people who are aware of these things, like leaving being the most dangerous time, ever stop to wonder why? Because I am, and I'm wondering if there's more causation than, like, correlation going on here, you know? If, like, is it really only the most dangerous time because these situations are not being handled appropriately because we're unknowingly bringing gasoline to a firefight when we should be bringing water? I'm not saying you shouldn't have a plan, but the plan needs to be one that makes sense for the situation and has considered all of the unique aspects of this case at hand. Because again, as Becker says in his book, most of the actions you need to take are the ones that don't seem like the course of action that makes sense. Like it's really difficult for a rational brain to try and de-escalate these situations because if the person is someone that's willing to commit violence, they aren't thinking about the same things we are. Their priorities are much different. So the logical thought might be to get a restraining order because the threat of a criminal punishment would be enough to deter you or me. But for someone who has already crossed the threshold of not having anything to lose and are willing to commit violence, a piece of paper is just not going to do anything. And again, that is not to say that you should never get one. There are plenty of times when you should and plenty of instances where they do exactly what they are intended for. But again, it's just to say that it needs to be careful carefully considered and not just an immediate next step because that's just what you're supposed to do. Even things like changing your phone number if you continue to receive texts and calls from an abusive ex-partner, the logical step may be to change the number. But again, as Becker explains in his book, this can actually be more provoking. And Becker would suggest getting a second number and only giving it to those you want to have it. That way the abuser can continue to call and believe that they have access to you, but you don't have to deal with them or worry about provoking them any further. And you've just disengaged and removed access while they kind of think they still have access to you, but you, they don't really and you don't have to deal with it anymore. So I cannot recommend The Gift of Fear enough, and while I could talk about it for hours, I want to continue talking about other actions we can take in the fight against domestic violence. The Gift of Fear outlines many tips and resources created by Gavin D. Becker himself, including a threat and abuse assessment tool, so I will have all of those linked but I also want to talk about ways you can support those who have experienced domestic abuse. I think the most important thing to keep in mind here is safety because creating an exit plan can be difficult, mainly because of what we talked about before. The thing that may seem like the best course of action could actually provoke. So I would suggest reaching out to someone who has more experience. Gavin D. Becker recommends battered women shelters above all outs, including the police, because they are often much more experienced with domestic violence and will be able to better predict the behavior of the abusers. While creating an exit plan for someone without their contribution probably is not the best course of action because you won't know the important intimate details of their situation which can, you know, really affect the exit plan, you can always reach out and get tips and support for what to do when the time does come, you know, that you actually need to support your loved one, you know, be ready to drive them or just support them in general. And I think it's also incredibly important to remember to be patient. Victim 
victims of abuse often struggle with leaving the abuser for many, many reasons. And it might not make sense to you why they don't want to leave or even choose to go back. But this probably means that they just need your support even more. And part of getting help for yourself or for somebody else is knowing that it, you know, that help is needed in the first place, knowing that that abuse is there or that potential for violence is there and getting the support. So I'm just going to read the warning signs of abuse from the National Domestic Violence Hotline. And I think that these could apply to yourself or you could even recognize some of these in a loved one you know, maybe you witness these firsthand or they have disclosed it to you personally. And this is, you know, including but not limited to, it doesn't have to have every single one of these in order for it to qualify as abuse. And some of these two are not necessarily as obvious as physical abuse, but a lot of these things could lead to violence down the road. And again, if we can prevent it, that's always the best thing. So the list is telling you that you never do anything right, showing extreme jealousy of your friends or time spent away from them, preventing or discouraging you from spending time with friends, family members, or peers, insulting, demeaning, or shaming you, especially in front of other people, preventing you from making your own decisions, including about working or attending school, Controlling finances in the household without discussion, including taking your money or refusing to provide money for necessary expenses, pressuring you to have sex or perform sexual acts you're not comfortable with, pressuring you to use drugs or alcohol, intimidating you through threatening looks or actions, insulting your parenting or threatening to harm or take away your children or pets, intimidating you with weapons like guns, knives, bats, or mace, destroying your belongings or home. An important distinction I wanted to talk about that Gavin D. Becker brings up in his book is the choice. He knows and acknowledges, and I know and acknowledge too, that it is never a person's fault they are abused, and it is never an easy choice. It is not that simple. You know, abusers use so many ways to control their victims. It's it's just never as simple and black and white as we want it to be. But I think it's important to remember it is a choice because as Becker puts it, if you remember that it is a choice to stay with the abuser, you can be empowered in the choice to leave. Many women and victims feel trapped, but I think it is important they remain empowered in their decision to leave because they can do it. They may just need help. And if in their mind, it is not a choice for them to be in the relationship and in the first place, it's never going to be able to be a choice for them to be out of the relationship when they want to. You can also help by supporting organizations like the National Domestic Violence Hotline because they offer free services and really rely on support through donations. They are also a great resource if you are experiencing violence yourself. They have people you can talk to in a variety of ways to help get you to safety and make a plan. And if you really wanted to take it one step further, if it's something you're really passionate about and it fits your skill set, consider working or volunteering at places like Battered Women's Shelters or National Hotlines. When I went on to the domestic violence, or sorry, the National Hotline website uh, to do research for this episode, it said right on the front that they were experiencing higher calls and messages than normal, so you would have to wait if you needed services, which is 
really sad because that means they are getting more calls, but it also shows you that there is a need for more support, more people to take those calls. So maybe something for you to consider as well. And like we say a lot on this show, just be there for each other. You know, if you see something, say something, look out for those signs that we talked about earlier in the episode. If your friends are disclosing things like that to you, or if your friend, someone you love gets a new partner and they start to really disconnect or something just doesn't feel right, listen to your gut. You know, if you go and you read The Gift of Fear, he also talks all about your intuition and your gut listen to it. And if you are going to say something, say it safely, but let someone know that you are a safe person for them. If you do suspect something, they may not reach out right away. They may get upset. It may be awkward, but at least they know they have one safe person if they need it. And it could literally save their life. As always, we will have all of these resources listed. So they are available to you. And until next time, stay safe and look out for each other.